0: Section five of Birds and Nature Volume eleven number four April nineteen oh two This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. Recording by Tila Tomchik, Altoona, Pennsylvania. The Burrowing Owl. Spiotido cuniculara hypogea. the burrowing owl is a denizen of the prairies and plains west of the mississippi and the missouri rivers it is found from localities somewhat north of the united states as far to the southward as guatemala in some parts of this large area it is exceedingly common And it is the only representative of the owl tribe that inhabits, in any numbers at least, the treeless regions of the western states. Unlike other species of owls, the burrowing owl is especially fitted for a subterranean mode of life. It will make its home in the burrows of the various animals that inhabit the prairie regions. These birds are social and live in colonies consisting of several pairs. Some Indians have claimed that it retires into its burrow at the approach of winter and there remains in a torpid condition during the cold weather. Careful observers have, however, shown that this is not the case. It may be said that, except in the northern part of its range, where the winters are severe, it is resident wherever found and not migratory. It is probable that it would not be migratory at all were it not that the animals upon which it feeds are not obtainable in severe weather. Investigation has proved that the stories of the confidential relations existing between the burrowing owl, the prairie dog, and the rattlesnake are pure fabrications of an imaginative mind greatly strengthened by additions as they are passed from person to person. The only foundation for these stories is the fact that this owl and also the rattlesnake do occasionally enter the burrows of the prairie dog. Dr. Coos has said that the owls live at ease in the settlements and on familiar terms with their four-footed neighbors is an undoubted fact but that they inhabit the same burrows or have any intimate domestic relations is quite another thing. It is no proof that the quadrupeds and the birds live together that they are often seen to scuttle at each other's heels into the same hole when alarmed, for in such a case the two simply seek the nearest shelter independently of each other it is not at all strange that the snakes should also enter these holes it may be that they do so for the want of some other retreat on a broad expanse of prairie but it is much more probable that they are in search of food either in the form of young dogs or the eggs of the owl though the burrowing owls are found with the burrowing mammals They do not occupy the same holes with them and do without doubt drive them out if they wish to preempt the burrows for their own use. Though the burrowing owl probably obtains most of its food in the early twilight, it is frequently in motion on the brightest days, capturing its prey or evading its pursuer with the greatest ease. Like the sparrow hawk, it frequently hovers in the air and drops upon its prey. Its food consists of the smaller rodents, including the young of the prairie dog, frogs, fish, lizards, snakes, and insects of various kinds. In fact, its food is so varied and consists of noxious animals to so great an extent that that it is of great service to the agriculturist. Dr. Fisher says, In summer and fall, when grasshoppers and crickets are exceedingly abundant on the western plains, the burrowing owl feeds almost exclusively on such food. Like the sparrowhawk, this little owl will chase and devour grasshoppers until its stomach is distended to the utmost. It is rare and only when pressed for food that it attacks and kills other birds. Dr. C. S. Canfield gives the following accounts of its nesting habits. I once took pains to dig out a nest of the burrowing owl. I found the burrow was about four feet long and the nest was only about two feet from the surface of the ground. The nest was made in a cavity of the ground of about a foot in diameter, well filled with dry, soft, horse dung, bits of an old blanket and the fur of a coyote that I had killed a few days before. One of the parent birds was on the nest and I captured it. It had no intention of leaving the nest even when entirely uncovered with shovel and exposed to the open air it fought bravely with beak and claws i found seven young ones perhaps eight or ten days old well covered with down but without any feathers the whole nest as well as the birds swarmed with fleas it was the filthiest nest i ever saw There are few birds that carry more rubbish into the nest than the burrowing owls, and even the vultures are not more filthy. In this nest, Dr. Canfield found scraps of dead animals, both of mammals, snakes, and insects. Major Bendire believes that when these owls are once mated, they are paired for life. He also likens their love note, which is heard about sundown, to the call of the English cuckoo. He says that it is a mellow, sonorous, and far-reaching cuckoo. The last syllable somewhat drawn out, and this concert is kept up for an hour or more. These notes are only uttered when the bird is at rest, sitting on the little hillock surrounding the burrow while flying about a chattering sort of note is used and when alarmed a short shrill zip, z- when wounded and enraged it utters a shrill scream and snaps its mandibles rapidly together making a sort of rattling noise throws itself on its back ruffles its feathers and strikes out vigorously with its talons and with which it can inflict quite a severe wound end of section five recording by tila tomchek altuna pennsylvania